The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Hey, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well. Folks, be sure to check out another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called Raising the Bets. It's a show that I do with my wife, Melanie. You can find that wherever you find fine podcasts or at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S. And we talk about all kinds of great things, uh, including we talk about books, movies, TV shows, and cooking. Uh, it's one thing I, uh, I want to make sure people know because we sometimes get asked about doing a cooking show on StarQuest. And I'm like, well, we kind of do one. So uh, check that out at Raising the Bets. So let's get into today's episode. We've, as our annual tradition, we we like to do this Christmas gift guide uh, round of a, of a few episodes. We take about a month and do uh, some Christmas gift guides and, you know, to help you figure out what to get that techie in your life or maybe put on your own Christmas list. And we've uh, we, we've already done one week where we talked about um what was that? Oh, wearables. That's right. We talked mm-hmm. about uh, wearable tech and uh, last time. And so this week, Joanne and Father Corey and I will be talking about Christmas gift ideas for our hobbies. And we've got a variety of hobbies here. And so it should be fun to, to talk about. And let's just get right into it. Joanne, why don't you go first? What's your hobby that you're going to be talking about? And uh, what's your first gift idea for that hobby? Well, about 20 some odd years ago, I began um, getting interested in my family and where we had come from. So I started getting into genealogy. So it, it's it's not a hobby after after 20 some odd years. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> so I hate to say that because everybody, every time you get together with your family, once you become the family historian is, oh, so what did you find out this time? <laughs> so... I figured for those out there who are either starting it or just interested because they're seeing all these um, commercials on television about getting your DNA kits, um, disclaimer, better know what you're getting into when you get into a DNA kit. Um, I figured I'd give a few, something for the novice, something for, um, you know, all different stages of genealogy. So um, I'm going first, I take it, and I will start with, if you're going to do any type of genealogy nowadays, it definitely is something you do online. When I started, we were still into the paper stuff, and you still had to physically go to like a um, historical society to get information or your local library. Now it's all done from home, and I think through the pandemic, a lot of people did a lot of digging um, the, so the best thing to do for that person who's just maybe starting out is, or, or not, is to get with one of the companies that has an, a subscription service so that you can go and look at records online. Of course, I will tell you that Ancestry is probably your best bet 
because they have the biggest selection of records online. And plus, they're a one-stop shopping. So that if you're interested in doing, and I'm going to talk about DNA testing with this one, if you're interested in doing DNA testing, then you can put the two together. So Ancestry has three levels of um, gift giving, so to speak. You can get the American subscription, which is just American records. That's good for people who have a lot of colonial um, ancestors. Because I'll tell you, those of us who are more newly into America, like my, my grandparents came here in the very late 1800s, early 19, I mean, late 1900s, early 20th century. That doesn't do me any good. So if you're into really American ancestry, then you need to get the American one first. There's the, there's the world one, which lets you go all over the world. And then there's the all, like the big bonanza one, where not only do you get all over the world, but you get newspaper subscriptions. And because newspapers have a lot of information on your relatives and not just the police logs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I have an uncle who was a policeman in, in Philadelphia, and he was hurt in the race riots in the 60s. And they did a whole series of articles on him. And I didn't know until I started digging in the Philadelphia newspapers and found it. Cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. So these, um, these subscriptions go six months. You're, you're smart to do the six months because here's the pro tip on all of this. Mm. If you do the six months, you can let it run out, okay? And within a month or two, they will come back to you and say, oh, we now have it on sale for half price. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bang, back in. This is how I've been doing it. Because right now, I'm on the world one. On a a six-month world one will cost you $150 just for six months. Mm. You know, the American one costs $100 for six months. the The big one... I think costs, uh, I want to almost say 200 And I'm trying to find that exact amount. But these, but you can go on the site, you can buy your budding genealogist or, your, or if you want to add to somebody's life, you know, you can buy them a gift subscription and it will go straight to them. They'll get the email, they'll get the whole thing. Nice. You know, yeah. I've got an Ancestry.com family tree too. And one of the things mm-hmm. I like about it is I go through like binges, like once a year, I kind of mm-hmm. get the bug. And I'll subscribe mm-hmm. for a month and, uh-huh. you know, and, and then I'll let it lapse. But the tree stays there and yeah. all the information, you just don't have access to the sources like you, you do otherwise. And then I'll get the bug again and, you know, add some stuff <laughs> or, you know, and you can always add to it. You can, you know, if you've got information and your kid is born and someone gets married, you don't have to have a paid subscription to add to it, too. So I, I love that idea. No. And if you also get into the DNA part of it. They will allow you to have a tree that you can put up. You just can't research. And you're always, right. you're always able to get to your DNA matches. So, right. But, but I, I caution, you know, I, I did want to suggest DNA kits, but you know what? You really need to be ready for that. That's not something a budding person in mm-hmm. family history should do first. Yeah. Because the Pandora's box that you can open with a DNA kit is, is serious business. So, so to be to be explicit about what what that is, uh, what you're mm-hmm. you're hinting at is you can find out that maybe someone in your family had other family members that you didn't know about. 
that perhaps uh-huh. uh, a, mm-hmm. a a male relative, because that's usually what it is. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, usually if a female relative cheats and has a kid, um, mm-hmm. that's fairly easy to figure out. But right. if a, yeah, a, but that's happened. Also, if someone in your family tree has committed a crime, that can sometimes lead to the police showing up and saying. Someone in your family tree has committed a crime, according to your DNA. We have, like, DNA evidence. We'd like mm-hmm. to, you know, find them, which maybe you want to help the police and that yeah. sort of thing. That's fine. But you have to be aware that that could happen. Right. And usually that doesn't happen on an ancestry type of thing. It would happen yeah. more on a site called GEDmatch, and you would have to actually click on a box that says, yes, you may use my, my information for yes. the police. They, mm-hmm. they they try very hard not to get this information out, like like have it just laying out there for mm-hmm. people, because you're dealing with people's stories, with people's livelihoods and with mm-hmm. people's families. And it can yeah. be very, very traumatic for folks. I mean, these yep. what we call non paternity events, <laughs> you know, um, right. have really destroyed people because yeah. they never knew. There was an interesting uh, local story to you and me, Joanne, about this uh, unsolved murder. This woman they called the Lady of the Dunes. Her body was discovered in the on the beach in Provincetown, Mass. About fifty yes. years ago, and only recently, in the last few months, did they discover who she was, her actual identity through her DNA, through a DNA match. And it was kind of sad because it, they found her son, who had who had been given up for adoption and had been searching mm-hmm. for her all these years, mm-hmm. only for him to mm-hmm. find out that she had been murdered. 50 years oh. ago, which was kind of right. sad, but the least he knows. So, But they're, they're doing such great work in that area, finding people yeah. who were lost, that this is where DNA is a good thing. But with subscriptions to like Ancestry, if, if, you, if somebody wants to get into genealogy and they don't want to jump on to gift giving, you know, the paid stuff right away, you can always go to FamilySearch.org. That's the free site. Yeah, But what mm. you're not going to get is the wealth of information and the depth of the record keeping oh, that yeah. they have at Ancestry. Yeah, we had my, my grandfather and grandmother coming over from Sicily, the ship records, like their, mm-hmm. the ship they embarked on and that sort of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And uh, you, as a whole family thing, if you want to do it with your, your kids, old, a little older kids, like teen kids, mm-hmm. if they get at all interested in family history, that would be so much fun to do with them. That's and a good remember, one. The Bible starts with a ge- the the New Testament starts with a genealogy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you see two of them in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I would mention with the 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 DNA uh, stuff, if you do get into that, is make sure you're dealing with a reputable site because there have been some that have had privacy concerns, security right. concerns, mm-hmm. you know, yep. things like that. You know, that I mean, of course, that's anything online. And also, I'd like to say, you know, the thing about you know, subscribe for six months and then cancel the subscription. That's a good thing trick for like online TV for <laughs> much everything. You know, a lot yes. of services, you know. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All Anything right. that's a subscription. That is a yep. great great start to our uh Christmas gift guide, Joanne. Thank yep. you. Uh Father Corey, what is your hobby that the first at least the first hobby you want to talk about and your first gift idea? Got a couple hobbies I picked, but my first hobby is is one that I've I've done I really enjoy is home brewing. You know, home brewing beer or other beverages uh but mostly beer uh it's 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 enjoyable to do it's enjoyable to uh consume the results of it if you do it right you know um and i kind of went with the, this first one i went with the sears wish book item you know you remember the <laughs> oh, sears wish book yes. as a kid you'd go through and you'd find mm-hmm. the biggest the best toys and everything and circle them and give them to your parents and say i want these well this is this is my sears wish book item 
and it's a it's a all-in-one brewing system so a lot of times when you brew like the way i do it i use a propane burner on it with a pot sitting on top of it and fill it with water and everything and it, it's it's you know it it a little more labor because you got to move the pot and all this kind of stuff this all-in-one home brewing system is it's everything you do brewing from putting the grains in it to steeping the grains to boiling the wort boiling the 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 beer soup if you want to call it that um everything up to the point where it's ready to have the yeast added it's all done in this pot it recirculates it can pump from the pot into your fermenter into the the vessel where the beers where the wort is going to turn into beer through, thanks to the yeast um it does it all in one unit so it's not like the big breweries where they've got their boiler over here and they've got their uh, mash ton where the steeping goes on and you know no it's all one unit and mm-hmm. they're really nice the one i picked is called the grain father father g30 this is one of the high, most highly rated one um you can get it either in 110 volts for those of us in the united states that don't have a lot of 220 access or a 220 system for those who do um you get the lower level one it takes longer to boil the water that you know that's just physics yep. but it's a they're great systems you put the little strainer strainer pot inside this kettle you fill it with the grain you build it up with water you let it recirculate and get all that good sugar out of that grain pull the grain out start it boiling add the hops you know do that whole process and everything so they make it a lot easier this is kind of my this is very much a wish list for me it's it is <laughs> much more expensive than probably everything else people are going to pick but i wanted to do this one uh because this is like i said kind of a wish list of mine but about nine hundred dollars for the whole kit for everything mm-hmm. you need to do everything up to the putting it into the fermenter so wow. um they're, it comes, they're really nice systems and they look they're a lot of it makes it a lot easier. Let's just put it that way. It's even got an app. You can control it via Bluetooth. Yes. So yeah. nice. Yeah, it's all electronic control. And then the nice thing about it, because like I said, the way I homebrew is using a propane burner, a turkey burner. You know, it's the same kind yeah. of thing that people do for, you know, doing their, their deep fried turkeys. It doesn't have a lot of fine control. Yeah. This, you tell it, I want it at 156 degrees and it just sits there. It stays because it's electric. You know, right. and then I want to take it to boiling. And so it ramps it up to boiling temperature. Right. Nice. Awesome. You know, speaking of the Sears wish book, my, my pick every year, but I wonder was that little motorized car that you could drive around, you know? Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, never got it. Never got it. Uh, <laughs> one of these days. So <laughs> that's a very good pick. So my first uh, hobby, one of my, the first hobbies I want to talk about is camping. Uh, I love to go camping with my family, with our scouts, and I've, I've had for years, I had one of those Coleman stoves, the two burner stoves with a little propane bottle mm. that attaches to oh, it, yeah. and it's, it was okay. It was pretty good. It wasn't inexpensive, but it was it lacked fine control. It was either mm-hmm. afterburner or off, <laughs> so yeah. um, it made cooking things sometimes a challenge, like, it's, like bacon was either... Uh, uh, soft or burned, that sort of thing. So I decided to, you know, finally splurge a little bit, got my family, the Camp Chef, that's the brand, Mountain Series Everest 2X High Output Two Burner Cooking System. This was the highest rated one I could find out there that uh, of this type <laughs> of uh, of stove. And yeah, this is really nice. It It's big, 
enough. Um, I can put two pots on it, two good sized pots on it. It's got really good output, really fine control of the temperature. It's easy to clean. It's lightweight. It, it really weighs almost nothing. And the nice thing is, is I got an adapter hose, which I, I it's not part of the pick, which I can hook up like a regular propane tank mm. to. So now I can run it all week, you know, when we're when the you know off camping with the family, and not have to keep replacing those little green bottles, which are crazy. <laughs> and um, I even got like a two a two uh, output. Um, valve so I can hook up my lantern to it as well at the same time. Nice. So it's a really nice system. But the, the stove itself, I've used it uh, on camping several times. It's got a built-in, you know, lighter and all that sort of stuff. Really nice. And, uh, you know, if if you like to go camping, if you have scouts, that sort of thing, you know, if you know scouts, if you have a scout troop that you're part mm-hmm. of, maybe even, you know, as a gift to the troop for the kids to take with them, mm-hmm. this is a nice little gift. Hey, Tom, is this something that people might be interested in having around or is it just too big for like an emergency kit? Mm. If you have like an electric oven or just, stove mm-hmm. and you can't do anything. I was yeah. just going to say the same thing. That this, oh. That's exactly what they're great for. Mm. Now, you want to use it outdoors. This is an outdoor. Okay. Uh, right. You know, the burning propane, you want to do that outdoors. Um but I also they also sell and I I didn't have the link for this in the show notes but uh, little one burner um, what are they called I I should look it up but uh, um, they are one burner gas stoves with a um, if you give me a second I will look it up uh, because I got one of these as well and these can be used indoors as well um, uh, see I'm trying to look on my Amazon orders really quick while we're doing this. Um, Those of us who live in snowland kind of think mm-hmm. of these things. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Okay, so yeah, Chef Master Butane countertop range. So butane oh, you can use indoors. Go. Okay, and so it's a if you like watch like YouTube videos of uh, people do like cooking videos, you'll see these all the time. And so um, I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes too. But it's um, butane and it's got these little um almost look like spray bottles but they're mm-hmm. little bottles that go into it mm-hmm. and you can use butane indoors that's like you know caterers use it all the time um and that's actually cheaper even than the uh the the the, the chef master camp stove but it's one burner and it won't last as long but it's it's useful so mm-hmm. i have both of these so that i can you know, especially if it's like if it's a blizzard and we're out of power, I can at least boil water yeah. to to make coffee because, <laughs> you know, you can have your priorities. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll put that in the uh, link in the show list, too. So, Joanne, what's your second gift idea? Well, we're still in genealogy, but I think there are a lot of people who could also benefit from this because everyone in their house has a trunk full of pictures mm-hmm. and they're sitting there and they're getting worse by the day, because these things disintegrate like you wouldn't believe. As a genealogist also, we take a lot of pictures ourselves of very old documents. So I have a program for my computer called VividPix Restore. And it's an imaging software that basically will take an old, faded color or black and white picture and really bring it up to vivid or, you know, as much as you want vivid, because what it'll do is when you call up, when you select your picture, it will give you eight different views around it and how it can restore it. And then you pick the one that works for you and then you can tweak it from there. 
for somebody who's a novice like me who hasn't gotten into image restoration very much, I usually just go look for the best one and that's it. Other people I know who have it tweak it so that they're getting all kinds of different things. But if it's got puck marks, if it's got lines, you can do that kind of restoration and you don't need something like the big Adobe Photoshop or anything Mm. like that to do it. It's 50 bucks. They have a free trial for both um, Windows and Mac. And I've had it for a couple of years. And even when I'm taking, you know, scanning um, document stuff, it will revive that too. If the page is yellow, it'll try to bring it back up to form. It's a fun little program that I think (laughs) saves a lot of time and pulling your hair out with these old pictures and then get rid. I hate to, you know, there are people who will tell me, don't get rid of the old pictures. Some people have to, cause they're just too many of them. Oh, yeah. If you can, if you can donate them to historical society, fine, but it, that's up to you. Yeah. That's great. That's, and again, you don't have to be a genealogist to, for this to be useful. Nope, you know? Not you know, at all. Exactly. That is awesome. That's a good pick. Just be careful with those pictures that are on those seventies, uh, in those seventies books that had the tacky background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You try to pull those off and you're going to rip your picture. You need a lot of dental floss and a real steady oh, wow. hand to get them off. Right. Right. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. Father Corey, what is your next uh, gift idea in your hobbyist uh, realm? Well, I'm, st- I'm still sticking with homebrew for this uh, next one. And so if you got a a family member who's homebrewing, they might have some kegs. They might have decided, you know, bottling beer is a pain in the butt. Dumping it in a keg is a lot easier. (laughs) And so uh, a lot of times people have the little party taps. You know, you've got anybody's gone to a party where they've rented a keg. You've got, you know, the little tap that's just a little plastic thing. Well, they might want to move up to a kegerator or a keezer. And kegerator is literally what it sounds like. It's a refrigerator that's been repurposed for kegs. Keezer is exactly what it sounds like. A freezer that's been repurposed for kegs. Um, And you can buy kits. Like I picked one kit here where you can go from one tap to six taps, depending on how much you want to pay and how many, how big your fridge is. And with this one, if you've got like a dorm fridge, you know, everybody's had the, you know, the three foot tall Mm -hmm. dorm fridge with one of these kits and a little bit of drilling and maybe an afternoon of work, you could turn it into a, a kegerator where it's got the outside tap, you've got the line into it for the carbon dioxide canister, and it hooks up to your keg, and it serves the beer right out of the right out of the fridge. And, of course, it's a fridge, so it stays at perfect beer-drinking temperature. And uh, just they're not – they're very simple systems, but they work really, really well. Um, that way you don't have to worry about opening you – know, like right now I don't have one of these systems. I just have the, the party tap set up. But eventually, this is what I want to do with my fridge is make it so that I can just walk up the fridge, have a couple of taps and pour a beer or seltzer or, you know, you can, you know, people do seltzer water where it's literally just put water in a keg and run CO2 into it. Stuff like that. So um, this is a great way to do that. uh, These simple little kits. Like I said, you know, afternoon worth of work and drilling and you'll have a nice little uh, kegerator. That's awesome. They, uh, the, this particular distributor also sells, you know, complete kegerators, although they're out of stock on them yep. due to supply chain problems. But, uh, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. This company, uh, the company I kicked is, I picked is K Connection. The reason why I picked them is they've got the homebrew happy hour podcast, promote yeah. another podcast that does a really good job. Nice. But they've got anything you need for doing, you know, kegging. I mean, they work with bars, they work with pubs, they work with brew pubs, things okay. like that. I mean, down they, to, 
these Real little stuff. kits for home. I yep. mean, they do it all. That's awesome. Cool. So my next Christmas gift idea is, you know, hey, Legos aren't just for kids. There are some great sets out there. I enjoy building them. Uh, if, uh, if, I, if you've ever watched one of our videos, you'll sometimes see I have a Saturn V Lego up above me, mm. and I have a, a, the Lunar Lander that I did as well. And I just I find it like a relaxing. It kind of reminds me of model building when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, those with those little sprues and you had to pull the things off. Well, it's like that, except you don't have to, you know, pull them off the sprues. You don't have to glue it, which is great. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hated dealing with the model glue. But uh, so the um, so Lego is great. And there are kits built for adults that, 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 you know, the little finer building. And one of the things that looks really cool to me is they have a number of um, small kits that can fit on your shelves, you know, like in an office or something that look good. They don't look like toys. But they and they're also you know somewhat complex, so you can spend some time doing it. And including a bonsai tree, they also have orchids as well. So I'm linking to one that's a bonsai tree uh, building set, 878 pieces. It's it's a uh, it's a fifty dollar set, so it's not you know super expensive. And I really love this. And you know, you have some options. You can have it flowering or non-flowering and that sort of thing. Um, and it looks good. I'd be happy to have this sitting, uh, you know, on a on a shelf in an office or that sort of thing. I mean, it it it's clear that it's a Lego, but it's it's a little more sophisticated than you know your kids' mm. Tie Fighter, you know, Star Wars Tie Fighter Lego that <laughs> that they that they're playing with. So um, yeah, you look at the Lego sets for adults. You might might find you know it's a it's a fun afternoon you know sitting around and you can the person you give it to could spend it maybe with the kids and have them not necessarily do it but you know hand you the parts and pieces and Mm -hmm. explain to you what what you did wrong when you when you did because we know (laughs) that the kids are lego experts i'm surprised as many pieces as it is it doesn't look like it's 800 some pieces it looks like it's you know maybe two or three hundred yeah i think there's a lot of little pieces that are the little leaves and flowers and stuff so that's uh, i think that bulks it up a bit (laughs) well you get the the rocks quote unquote yeah things like that i suppose yeah you know even though i was good at legos i'm not that good i was (laughs) never that good yeah the uh they have a succulents one that's seven 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 hundred seventy one pieces uh and an orchid which is 608 pieces uh and the orchid is only 40 bucks so um it's fun it's fun so uh, that comes back to you, Joanne. What is your next gift idea? Well, I've tried to keep some of my genealogy things like also universal. And of course, after you've done all those pictures, you need some place to put them and you don't want to put them in your computer because they're just going to take a lot of space. So I have found the Lassie Rugged Mini external hard drives to be my next friend. I've been getting the Western Digitals, but these Lassies happen to be uh, coated in rubber, <laughs> like really hard rubber. Mm-hmm. And um, friends of mine and my husband now has one. Um, they're very, very easy to plug in, to uh, format, and you can get them on Amazon right now anywhere from one terabyte to five terabytes. Mm. Uh, one terabyte, 79, uh, 80 bucks. And the five terabyte, believe it or not, right now is 163. That's really good. That's a really good price, but it's the mm. durability of them. Genealogists tend to take these out in the field with them, especially if they're gathering information and want to 
put all this stuff back in or want to have backups of their programs. So I'm suggesting this one because of its ease of use and the ruggedness that it happens to have. Um, if you want the Western Digital like me, just be careful with it. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a little tricky. <laughs> I know Apple stores have used these let's see rugged drives for years so mm-hmm. yeah. and if you go on their site itself they have the really expensive ones if you're into that mm-hmm. but i think these for folks who are genealogists or just do a lot of traveling have the durability mm-hmm. factor right. and i think that's key yeah I, I could see businessmen using this they have to travel and plug into different computers for their with their data and stuff i can see um backup this mm-hmm. I actually i'm looking at this the five gig five terabyte one for a backup drive mm-hmm. for my systems yep. you know well, off, th- offline backup you I'll know tell you plug the, it in back my, it up unplug it you know stuff like that my friend that has it she can't she wouldn't know a backup from a front up and yet it walked her right through it and now she doesn't even think about it and it was her yep. life blood when her computer crashed wow oh yeah so yeah I, I was I was thinking of when I was working uh, for the Air Force doing IT stuff, and you know we had the zip drives. Zip drives had just come out, oh, and those oh, were a godsend because yes. of course you had to take software to different computers. This was before mm-hmm. everything could be done over the network, and yeah. uh, this would be amazing for something like that too. You know. Oh yeah, if you yeah if you if you do any type of tech support for someone, a portable drive that's drop and shock resistant, dust resistant, mm-hmm. rain resistant. Yeah, totally. Like if you work on a job site, you know, like if you're doing construction or yep. anything like that, anything where you need something that's somewhat rugged and can yeah. put up with and that. I could, yeah, I can see people that, you know, they've got a laptop that they use, but they put all their data on this right. because they know it's going to be more secure. You're more secure as in it's not going to break right. Right. as easily. Yep. Yep. Good pick. Father Corey, what's your next gift idea? So I'm actually going to pull off of uh Yours there, Dom, you're talking about doing model building, you know, mm-hmm. with Legos. Well, for those who do the more the traditional model building where like the model cars or you do the little Warhammer characters or you do model railroading, things like that, you're doing a lot of stuff building models out of plastic. And so a great uh, kit for or a great thing for that is a hobby toolkit is the things that you need to do that model work where you've got the little cutting board, you know, the little uh, those who've done, you know, uh, like with fabric done quilting or whatever, know these little boards too, where they're, they're cut safe surfaces where they're kind of a hard plastic on top. And then the rubber on the bottom, um, little sprue, you know, cut, you know, cutters for the sprue, the plastic out of the sprues and little knives and, uh, drills and things like that. Uh, all the things you need to do this model work again, like I said, whether it's doing the, the little glued together model cars or planes, whether it's, uh, model railroading if you've ever done any model railroading all those are kind of the same they're really you build those models the same way and so on so a little kit like this would be kind of nice for someone who does that because it all comes in a case and all that where you can have it all in one place and then pull it out and do your do your stuff and put it away if you need to if you don't have room to keep it out so a little model kit like this uh, would make their lives a lot easier especially if you're like me where it's like oh yeah i need to get this knife now or i need to get that and it's all kind of a mixed matched mess instead you've got one kit that all works together right and they have uh different size kits as well like if you want to really you know get bigger and they they have kits with painting supplies and that sort of stuff and i like that this has like you know miniature files and stuff and tweezers because you're really dealing with a lot of small things when you're doing this kind of building 
Exactly. Exactly. And this is this the kit I picked here is just one I happen to find on Amazon. There's many others, but just yeah. something like this with tweezers. I mean, that's a big one. If you've done any kind of modeling, especially real fine modeling with model railroading, you need tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Good one. Good one. Uh, so then my next gift idea is more outdoors oriented. So camping or other type of outdoor hobbies that you might have um, is especially if you have a family. Trust me, <laughs> this is a good thing to get. It's a collapsible wagon car. Oh, yes. So when we had little kids mm -hmm. in strollers, the stroller played a role in carrying stuff as much as carrying kids. <laughs> but when the kids outgrew the stroller, I'm like, I don't want to put all this stuff on my, I'm not a Sherpa, you know, I don't want to carry this stuff. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and a nice collapsible cart that you can store in your minivan or in your, you know, your trunk. Um, the one I've picked is uh, sort of aspirational for me because I got one that's a little smaller. You want one that's big enough to carry all your gear that's also convenient enough. This one has you want you want to get something like maybe with big wheels so that mm -hmm. if you're going through sand or other soft surfaces, it's easier to pull through. You want one with a couple of different handles, like a pull handle, but also a push handle so that you can have mm -hmm. someone on the front and the back when you're carrying a heavy load, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, so uh, make sure you get one that's big enough to carry the sort of gear you want, but not so big that it becomes you know, a burden to have it in the vehicle. You know, I keep mm -hmm. mine in the back of our van and, you know, there are times when I'm like, Oh, I need to, you know, move something around. And this car is there. We throw the stuff in it. Um, so it's great. I use it for scouts a lot when we're hauling our, our gear between the car and the, the campsite and that sort of stuff. So, um, and this one I, I, I've linked on um, is a hundred bucks, $109. Um, so, you know, you can get them for more, um, but, uh, you know, you really get one to look one around a hundred bucks. That's a, that's a pretty good where they start to be more reliable. Yeah. You know, that's even good when you're going between three different parishes and you have all kinds of things you have to bring. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, I'm a big believer in having stuff to help you move things around. I, mm, you know, yeah. I bought a two wheeler for uh, a collapsible two wheeler because I was just finding like, uh, you know, when I buy a, you know, boxes of things. I go to Best Buy mm -hmm. and I need to buy a, you know, uh, you know, a yep. air conditioner. I want to get it out of the car and into the house as easy as possible. And I'm not going to like, I'm not as soon as I used to be, I'm not going to haul that thing. <laughs> physically. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, put it on a, on a two wheeler. And yeah, so I'm a big believer in that sort of thing. And this is great for, you know, men, because, you know, men, when we go to the grocery store, we can only make one trip from the car into the house. That's right. That, that's a man law. You, know? <laughs> you got to turn in your man card if you can't do it. So this makes it easier. No. <laughs> yeah, I've experienced the, that. Yes. You yeah. All the stuff in there. That's true. All right, Joanne, back to you. What's your next gift idea? Well, at some point, um, the researcher becomes the researched. And this is a product that can help your your relatives know more about you. It's called StoryWorth. And it's a service, it's a subscription service where you sign yourself or a loved one up and they get a question a day, about 320 questions for the entire year about their life about what they what was important to them about how it, because people don't know how to share their own experience a lot of researchers will research everybody and then never leave their story behind mm. right and if you've got elderly relatives and maybe this is a way for them to get you to tell their story before they get too old to remember their story mm. 
And it's well, really well priced. And it's, of course, after the year of asking questions, they will put it all in a book for you. And the book costs about $100 for one copy. They'll put pictures in it. And what, what this allows people to do is when they get the question of the day, they type it back right in the email. And then they keep all of this in PDF form so that at any point you can download the PDF of the entire story. Because not only will, you, will that person get the question a day, you'll get their answer. And anybody mm-hmm. else, you want them to have their answer. So it's, it, it really is something where a whole family can participate in this. And then at the end, you have a bound book. If you want to add pictures, you can add it, whatever. But I have a friend who did this and swore by it. Nice. So, so you could, like, if you have an elderly parent that you want them mm-hmm. to record something, you could get it for them and have them do it. You could do it yourself mm-hmm. and then give mm-hmm. the result. I like that they have questions that they have preset but you can also do your own questions yes specific because i mean i i'm from where my people are from i would want to ask more specific questions if you can remember certain things other people may not want that and there are other services out there that that have you record people um some people said that they're you know that they couldn't hear some of the recordings um Mm. your family member may not be good at verbal but could be better at writing right? because it gives them a chance to think about it. So, I mean, it is a discipline thing, but once you get, I mean, once you get into it, I think the payoff is worth it. So some of the questions they ask are things like, what things matter most to you in life? What's the Mm -hmm. furthest you ever traveled? Who are your Mm -hmm. favorite artists? What personal expectations do you hold yourself to? So past, present, future sort of questions, Mm -hmm. which are good. I mean, so, I mean, I would love for my kids to know me more than just as their dad. I mean, there's a way I relate mm-hmm. to them as dad, mm-hmm. but this is a way to co- sort of, even now, while my kids are young, I could record who I am and, and you mm-hmm. know, what I'm like. So that later in life, especially if something yeah. unexpected happens, they'll have that. So I, that's a lovely idea. Yeah, and we researchers know this this fact. We're researching people we don't know, and we are putting together their narrative. Mm. You're in control of your narrative if you yeah, right. do something like this. Uh, like Hamilton said, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that Hamilton reference. <laughs> Excellent. But that is that is really good. That might uh, like right off the bat. I'm like, I'm starting to think about doing that uh, as a gift for 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 people in my life. Excellent. So, uh, Father Corey, that brings it next to you. Uh, Your next gift idea. Yeah. So I'm kind of sticking on the toolkit thing. Um, One thing I like to do is tinker on computers, electronics. Uh, I'm maybe not the best at fixing them, but I, you know, I built my own system a couple of times, you know, the current system I'm running is one I built and having a good toolkit tech toolkit to do that is essential. And if you've worked on electronics at all, if you've replaced a battery in your laptop or whatever, you know, the, the company, I fix it, I fix it.com has breakdowns of how to fix basically everything from the simplest to you're literally half destroying this thing to fix it. You know, some iPhone, excuse me, but, um, (laughs) Oh, I, I mean, Android phones can have got, have followed Apple's lead on that, but Apple's been bad about that. But if you're someone who, you know, someone, or you're someone who knows how to uh, work on electronics or build your own computers or things like that. And it's not just computers and phones. It's any kind of electronics, like, 
old Nintendo systems, stuff like that. Uh, their pro tech toolkit is amazing. Cause it's got like everything you will ever need it to work on a computer, everything you'll ever need to work on a phone, to work on any kind of device, any electronic device, you know, they got the little security bits. If you're familiar with Nintendo for years, Nintendo has used like a three sided, uh, screw to hold all their things together. They've got those bits. They've got, the knives and spudgers and all the other little gadgets and gizmos. And you, and they're good tools. The, the stuff that iFixit gets are very, very good. They're not cheap. You know, they're not little flimsy things. They're very solid. They'll, you know, they'll last for years. Uh, it's a nice kit. It's all, all the nice little foldable pouch, basically. You know, so it, this is a great one for someone who likes to work on computers and electronics and all those other kind of things. You know, my husband said no gadgets this year for Christmas, but I'm real tempted to say this isn't a gadget. <laughs> mm. I have this kit, a, a different version, a little older version. And I think maybe a little smaller. It doesn't have as many things as as the one you've uh, linked to uh, sure. has. But I love this kit. I've used it mm. constantly and not just on electronics. I mean, you'd be surprised at how many things have tiny little screws and, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, almost like I was. Taking something apart with my one of my kids the other day, and it just um, I needed to have a smaller screw. Oh, it was bike. I was working on his uh, my son's bicycle, and we mm-hmm. were replacing the uh, brake handle, and there was this tiny little screw that we you know couldn't didn't have a small screw of, and this had the the right screw the mm-hmm. in the right little place. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great kit to have. And for those of us who wear glasses, as two of the three of us are wearing glasses right now, so we're recording this. Yep. It does have the right size screws to re- to fix your little yes. rescrew in your <laughs> yes yes <laughs> your glasses. Yeah. This your is glasses going on my list. To. Stuff like that, you know. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. That's good. That's good. So uh, my last one is a fun little thing, and I kind of got the idea for this from uh, our co-panelist on Secrets of Tech, Victor Lambs, who talked about. GMRS radios. Now, you may have heard of Mm. um, FMRS radios, family radio uh, signals, which you can buy. They're little walkie-talkies, and they're they're short range, and you don't need a license. You do need a license, an FCC license, to get the GMRS, but Mm -hmm. it's a a no-test license. You just go to the the FCC website, and you can sign up, and you get it for $35, and you get a license forever. and these are GMRS are long range. They are a public radio uh, and they have uh, m- multiple channels. And I picked up a couple of these a while ago to test them out. And they've been great. I like to take them when we go hiking or when we're out with scouts, like camping, that sort of thing. They have a range. They can be like a couple miles for the handhelds mm-hmm. and even further if you get a base station. Uh, I ended up getting six radios. With a <laughs> with a uh, base station uh, charger that I just drop them into, and these this sits by our door. And when our family goes out on a hike, we take them. There's seven of us, um, but usually the two older girls are always together. But everyone gets a radio, or my wife and I will have one radio. And if we ever get separated, because when you're out in the woods, for one thing, um, f- uh, four of our five kids don't have phones, so it's not like we can call them. <laughs> but if you get separated in the woods, you have the radio. You can talk, and that's a big thing. Um, and it this particular one has thirty. I think it's thirty channels. So sometimes these public radio things get like crowded, especially in urban areas where you have other people on the channel. This will let you you know switch to a different channel 
It also can pick up weather. Um, and, uh, I think there's a, yeah, there's a NOAA weather re- uh, receiver in it. So you can get the, uh, the national mm-hmm. weather. There's an FM radio in it. You, there's a flashlight built into it. Um, and even like an SOS blinker that you can, the flashlight can be turned into an SOS blinker. So it's a great little radio. Um, not super expensive. You, like I got a, I got a two pack for 70 bucks. So, um, if you you know anything about radios, that's a pretty good deal for the quality mm-hmm. of radio you're getting here. So um, yeah, so that's that's my last Christmas gift idea. See, I I know people who are farmers and ranchers will they'll do this. They'll get like the real professional base station where it can broadcast for miles. Miles. Yep. You know, because they live places where there is no cell coverage. There's just it doesn't exist. They're right. they're out in the middle of nowhere, Montana, and so they have setups like this or even higher level setups for you know to re with their ranch so it's fantastic for that right and that's that's the thing is you can you can get more and more powerful systems within the same range so you can grow as you yeah. need to yeah and, and the fact that it's got the NOAA weather radio is incredible mm, yes. you could take one of these with you again if you're out backpacking somewhere yep. even if you're not using it for the radio function to have the NOAA weather radio where there is no soul coverage again you know because yep. that that radio coverage lasts covers much further than Phone do, phones do. We hear all the time about people hiking in the White Mountains of New Hampshire who yep. get stuck out there. The weather turns. They yep. didn't know it was going to turn. They have a cell phone, but that doesn't do them any good, you know, when they're out there in the mountains. And, yep. yeah, that's this is this is a nice feature for that. Yeah, De- definitely here in the Rockies as well, so yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes it's once a week around here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, people, people the, having something to help you, you know, stay on top of the changing weather, especially in the mountains, mm-hmm. is is very good. No, that's fantastic. Yep. All right, so that was a great set of Christmas gift ideas. I hope it gave you some gift ideas for the hobbyist in your life. And if you've got some ideas and different hobbies, we'd love to hear from you, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll share them uh, in an upcoming episode. That's that's for sure. Excellent. So before we move on to our headlines, I'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Brendan H., Jeff, Ernie M., Seth N., and Clint V., Their generous tax-deductible donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And tax-deductible, the end of year is coming. This is a great time to make a gift uh, and help support a nonprofit like StarQuest. So let's talk about some headlines. This uh, first one comes up... um, Eufy cameras the, are a home security camera brand that's out there. Uh, there's a lot of different home security camera brands uh, out there, but Eufy is a brand that's owned by Anchor, which we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. I love Anchor products. Uh, it, and Eufy's claim was that their their big selling point for a lot of people was it's all local video. It stays local. It's not stored in the cloud. It That means it's more secure so that people, you know, no, um, very clearly have concerns about footage of their home being, you know, out in the cloud and where anyone else can get it or some people could possibly hack it. So Yuffie's claim was, nope, stays local, doesn't get in the cloud. Well, it turns out that's not exactly true, uh, that there is uh, some of the camera-equipped doorbells have been uh, up 
the uploading to the cloud, even when cloud storage is disabled um, mm. and, you know, uploading facial recognition data to Yuffie's cloud servers. And when this came out, Yuffie's response wasn't to turn that off, but was to say, oh, we'll just let people know that this is happening. You know, so not a great response. What do you guys think of this, though? Uh, you know, when you have a camera and I have my ring video doorbell and I have a wise cam in the back, I mean, it's it's for me and it's for for just basic security. But I also know that I'm a realist. People might could hack this thing. Mm. So it, I just don't like using them in the house with people. And the only time I use it is when my, you know, I'm away with and watching the dog. So it's the user needs to know these things before they put one up. And I knew this kind of thing could happen. So I think it's got to be buyer beware at this point. It, people yep. know how to hack these things. Well, and the big thing about this one is, first of all, the fact that it was advertising as completely secure, yeah. um, well, that it wasn't going up to the cloud, that the only time mm-hmm. it would you know, transmit is when you would remotely go in and get the, the images from it, from your phone. That's the only time it would go to the cloud was just to bounce through to your phone, stuff like that. And it's not, not the case. It was uploading to the phone it, or to the cloud. It is uploading to the cloud and it's doing so. This is the other concern. Unencrypted. Mm-hmm. You can point if you're on your home network, you can point VLC to that camera. The VLC is the video, the free video license, video streaming uh, software. And you can sit and look what the camera's showing with camera sees right. un- unencrypted. And that's 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 the bigger concern. And then you you dig deeper into this and it it talks about the facial recognition and all all kinds of, you know, hashtags and things like not hashtags, but, you know, hashes, security hashes, but they don't change. So they know that this camera is producing this image. You know, they can do a direct one to one link. So there's some real, real problems with this, which is sad because Anchor is such a good brand. Eufy, not so much. Right. Yeah, that mm. is very, and it's not, I should point out, it's not just the doorbell cameras. That's where they first found it, but they've since mm. found the flaw in other Eufy cameras. And um, it, the fact that they've not fixed the hole says to me that this is a bigger problem. Uh, this yeah. is a much more substantial issue. So, uh, Joanne, I'm with you. I have indoor cameras that are unplugged until I'm going away. <laughs> mm. You know, I don't, I, I just don't trust it. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I even, you know, cover my webcams and all that sort of stuff. I've got a Nest doorbell, but that, that's the only camera I have right now. I want to get a couple others for outside, but yeah, yeah, it, it's so you, you can only see out between my house and the garage. You can see the deer walk by. That's what all you can see <laughs> if you hack into mine. Deer, coyote, you would think <laughs> yeah. I would not see that. I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry so much about outdoors, but the indoor is the is the one that really worries me. So our next story is uh, this is kind of fun. So Northeastern University here in Boston has a um, privacy institute in their computer sciences division. This is a graduate institute. And one of the things that they do is they look at Internet of Things devices and examine the privacy concerns and implications. So the administration at one point wanted to do a study of how desks are being used in the building, which contains the Privacy Institute and the Computer Sciences uh, Graduate School, I think. And they used these heat sensors that they placed under the desks at um, 
groin level, shall we say, so that it could tell when someone was sitting there. Well, when the students mm. at this institute discovered it, they not only did were they upset, they decided to hack the devices to see how, you know, they were being used. And the, the administration's response is, oh, it's a study. It's anonymized. You don't have to worry. And uh, the one of the great lines in this one, I'm just trying to uh, find it here, is the Cybersecurity and Privacy Institute, one of the world's leading groups studying privacy and tracking with a particular focus on IoT devices <laughs> to deploy an under-desk tracking system to the very researchers who regularly expose the perils of these technologies is at best an extremely poor look for a university that routinely touts these researchers' accomplishments. At worst, it raises retention concerns is, an, is, a, is a serious reputational issue for Northeastern. Uh, what do you all think of this story? <laughs> Somebody wasn't thinking. Um, no, nope. yeah. <laughs> not well, at all. It's, you know, when I first read this article, I thought, okay, they went into the students' dorm rooms, but it's not the case. It's more of a, like the library would have these little, Study little, desks. little offices, basically. Yeah. You know, so it, it, they're, they're actually little privacy offices. So it would be easy for them to go from one to the next to the next. But one thing it says is they have to badge in to go into it. They have right. to swipe a badge because it's secure. The idea, of course, the students leave all their stuff there while they're doing their research or whatever. Um, this is, I mean, first of all, the idea that they put these things in there without any notification of the students whatsoever mm -hmm. is okay. What's really going on. And, and yeah. it, it kind of funny. One of the, one of the points in the article here, it's like, really it's, it's, the uh, computer science department uses these these offices as well. But, of course, if you're on a computer science, you're doing work elsewhere than these desks. So, you know, right. we, we want oh, you the computer science department doesn't actually need these desks. We can give it to other people. Um, I, I think that, I mean, I love the students response. Let's rip them all down. Let's put them on a bulletin board and say no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and hack them. That's the other thing, too. They they, they were insecure. Right. Got a place that studies security for Internet of Things devices. Mm. Somebody really didn't think this one out. No, they they you know, you're talking about kids who are highly sensitive to any of this kind of stuff. Now, maybe mm. I wouldn't find something like that right away. But these are kids who are like paranoid already. And they're I mean, for them to find it and then, start, you know, what are they going to do? They're not going to tell anybody. They're going to hack it, find out who did it. Yep. So that was just like it's it's one generation using something that doesn't apply to another generation. And right, the other generation right. say this is how we do things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when, and, and to be clear too, these weren't cameras, these weren't recording devices. They were just thermal sensors. Yes. They, they just detected heat or no heat. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're basically they're automated versions of the little laser heat guns, you know. Yeah, it's not the end. It wasn't the end of the world sort of thing. It just was it's a bad look. It's a and, right. and if they just asked if they'd been uh, clear about it, it, maybe they could have come up with a better system. These students that they've mm -hmm. you know that they've given this institute to they've enrolled in this. They could have come up with a better system. But by by not being transparent and not being upfront, mm -hmm. and that's really the big lesson that we've. We yep. institutions seem to keep having to learn. You know, you've created a problem for yourself with it when there didn't need to be one. So they should have just been upfront and transparent and worked together. Yeah. Well, again, they had to badge into the the room. That right. should be enough information for them. Exactly. Well, the student went in at X time. Right. Every day. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why they needed more than that, but uh, they right. apparently thought they did. 
So there's a our third headline is a bit of a cautionary tale. It talks about how U.S. government employees are exposed to mobile attacks from outdated Android and iOS devices. So it's a report that says um, half of Android-based mobile phones used by U.S. federal, state, and local government employees are running outdated versions of Android, which exposes you to vulnerabilities that can be leveraged for attacks like ransomware and phishing and other sorts Mm -hmm. of attacks, uh, hacking attacks. Uh, Now, with iOS, they find that because of the way um, Apple kind of nags you <laughs> about mm-hmm. upgrading that the uh, within uh, what they say, 10 months after iOS 15 had been out made available to users, only 5% of federal government employees and 30% of state and local government devices were still running older versions of the operating system. Probably a lot of those were people on older devices, for, for instance, mm-hmm. that couldn't run the newer one um, with Android. Ten months after the release of version 12, 30% of federal devices and 50% of state and local government devices still needed to upgrade, which meant that they were still uh, vulnerable to bugs. So what do you all think of uh, this story? Um, I think a couple things. One is that federal employees sometimes are older and don't. I I mean, I have a problem with my husband. He never wants to update anything because once he learns an operating system, that's it. He doesn't want to do anything else. Now, I know government probably have these things attached to other systems that they don't want to update, but that's part of the problem. It's that you need to be updated in order to be secure, and that's what I keep trying to tell my husband. But, you know, until they get that across, and I think don't – I'm not doing this to to knock Android, but Android has a more specific – has a less um, regulated or regimented – update system than mm-hmm. Apple does, than iOS does. So more people, I know more people on Android systems that are like way behind. Right. right. They said 10% of federal and another 17% of state and local devices were running Android 8 and 9, which reached mm-hmm. end of support in 2021 in March of 2022, which means they're not getting any fixes, no updates, wow. and the right. vulnerabilities are just increasing. Well, again, that's that's going to be a problem with older devices more likely than not. You know, again, where like my my Pixel 4 XL, I love it. It's been a great phone, but it's end of life as mm. far as updates are concerned. Fortunately, the 7 Pro that's going to be here today won't be. But that's Very another nice. story. Yeah. Um, Good for you. But, you know, but that and of course, you, the number of manufacturers and, you know, and that, that is the problem with Android, that it is sometimes harder to stay up to date because of manufacturer issues and so on. Um, but again, iOS, you know, until AT&T told my mom that she had to replace her original iPhone SE back to the <laughs> iPhone 5 generation until AT&T said, no, we're sending you this iPhone 10, replace it, yes. you know, mm. shoot. And it never got upgrades. So I'm sure this is the same problem too. You know, you got some guy who's, working for the federal government and the government said, we gave you that phone five years ago. You're fine. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and this isn't just government. And this is any big institution. And yes. frankly, the church, it's probably worse. And if you, if you oh, did yeah. the same survey in the Catholic church at diocese oh. and parish levels, mm-hmm. you would find yep. a lot of the same things where people are not updating. There's files are insecure. Uh, computers are probably the same way. Oh. Um, we, yep. we need as a church to be doing a better job of this. Um, mm-hmm. 
because we're going to get bit by it. And that's that's a bad oh, thing. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So those are our headlines this week. Let's move on to our picks of the week. Joanne, what's your pick this week? Well, the musician in me had to had to do something after all the genealogy. <laughs> so I want to let musicians know out there, and, and this is also good for non-musicians, and I'll explain why in a, in a minute. Uh, turning pages on an iPad when you're trying to play an instrument in which requires both hands uh-huh. um, is somewhat difficult at times. And a long time ago, I... I ended up buying a device called the Air Turn Duo. And what it is, it's the foot pedal, two foot pedals, where you can actually Bluetooth them to your iPad and then go Mm. forwards and backwards with the pages. I ended up using it not just for music, but for presentations as well, because I talk with my hands. So, or holding a microphone. So Mm. now they're up to the 500. I think mine was the 200. They're up to the AirTurn Duo 500 now. It's $109. And I'll tell you, it does more now. It opens more apps. It also does. It also controls teleprompter apps now. Uh, it does do the presentation apps, Keynote and uh, PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm. it says it captures video, and I, I have no idea if it does that or doesn't. But <laughs> I just like it because for musicians who, who need both hands to get that third hand, it's one thing when you feel tactile paper and you can move it. It's another yep. thing when you're on a screen. I've yep. had the screen go every which way but loose. So this is a really great device for musicians and others to invest in that will help you turn those pages and not lose your place. That's no. It's kind of interesting. It looks like it says, too, it can send MIDI commands, which means you could use it like a guitar pedal. Probably. Where you yeah. can, you know, if you're playing on a keyboard, an electronic keyboard, you could have it so then it flips to another mm-hmm. um, another instrument or another set of instruments or whatever. Right. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, the, the like, the photo video, it looks like you can set up where your cam- you use it to, to trigger your camera. Probably. Your cameras remotely. Things yes, like that. Mine is completely de- dedicated for music. I never, because it's the older version, but now right. that we have the upper, you know, it says 200 plus hours of battery charge. Mine goes a long time on a battery charge. Yeah, nice. So it's, it's a good little device. Well, I could see this. If you do, if you use the uh, instruction, the general instruction, the Roman missile on your iPad, Mm-hmm. You know, while you're celebrating mass, you know, using the oh, foot no, pedal to change the no, page. No, no, no. You always see it's very awkward. For, I see for priests like they're struggling. They got the chalice in their hand and they're trying to flip the page. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. No, let's not get into hey. iPad usage at the liturgical hey. functions. There's I, I, I a still lot think, of stuff out there. Yeah. I, I still think somebody like Magnificat or one of the, the missile publishers needs to make an iPad case that looks like the Roman missile. Yeah, Done. I agree with that. <laughs> Actually, I would love it if Magnificat would make one like the covers of their their Roman missiles it's beautiful covers Ooh, but yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm only half kidding on that one too all right so <laughs> me too <laughs> half uh, <laughs> father Corey, what's your pick this week so my pick i'm going with retro gaming and recently atari celebrated its 50th anniversary now those of us oh, of a certain wow. generation that are into gaming wow. we know the name atari yep Mm-hmm. Pong up to the Atari 2600, uh, Atari computers. And so for this 50th anniversary, you know, t- Atari's been good about keeping its back catalog, especially the 2600. You can get the 2600 flashback devices and stuff like that where you can you can get these things. Well, this Atari 50 anniversary celebration is not just another rebundling of their games. 
it's actually a museum about Atari that you can go through online where they show you videos with interviews of the developers and the CEOs and the people involved in the history of Atari. They show you all kinds of documents, you know, like the sales brochures for the big arcade consoles and the, and all the different devices they had. Um, they have the games. You know, you read about a game. You read about Yars Revenge, the, the great game from the Atari 2600. And then you hit a button and you play Yars Revenge. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Bunches and bunches of games. Games from the, the arcade. So they've got, you know, Breakout, you know, the, the great game made by Waz and Steve Jobs uh, that you can play. They've got uh, Asteroids. They've got Centipede. All these games you remember. Um They've got remakes of some of their games. They actually, the company that put this package together for Atari remade some of their games. They actually took that Yars Revenge, which if you play the Atari 2600, Yars Revenge was like the game to have. They took the original code and put like a modern 3D front end on it. Oh, wow. But you can switch back and forth. Um, there are dozens got of games. games. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Atari 2600, 50, uh, 70, 7800. Even up into Jaguar and the Lynx, if you remember those. Yeah. Uh, the computers, the arcades. It's really cool. And you can sit down and, like I said, read and listen to the interviews. They even talk about that. There was a lot of uh, smoking the devil's lettuce, shall we say, in Atari <laughs> during the early years. Right. Stuff like that. Wow. So That's- it's a lot of fun. It's really, really fun. Uh, it's on Steam. It's, it's a Windows app or Windows game. For those of us running Linux, it does run very well under Proton, so you can run it under. Unfortunately, no Apple version. Sorry, mm. but yeah, but it's a it's it's really an interesting. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, to be able to sit and play some of these games. Some of these games I remember playing for hours. Some of these games I've never played before. It's 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 a great setup. Nice. This yeah, is I mean, the only time I played games was Pong and, <laughs> and that yeah. type of stuff. You know, I uh, I have a. Um... I have a Raspberry Pi. I wonder if I could run stuff on Proton on Raspberry Pi. Hmm. Interesting. Be- I think you can. Yeah. I think you can. I'll have to give that a, a, a look-see and see if I can do that. Awesome. So my pick this week is uh, it's a particular thing that ha- that you can also get for other devices as well. So I have a Mac Studio, and it's a big blocky sort of device, and it you know, kind of took up a little bit of space on my desktop. I'm Aww. like, it would be kind of fun to, you know, clear, clear the desktop a little bit. And I found this guy on Etsy who's 3D printing a under desk mount that's, Ooh, that's nice. built just for the Mac Studio. I mean, it fits it perfectly. Um, and it comes with the screws. And I just very simply screw it into the under, underside of my desk, plug all the stuff back into it, and it lives there. And the nice thing is, is, the venting is on the bottom of the studio, so it actually gets even better uh, cooling than when if it just sits on the <laughs> desktop. So it's actually kind of nice. But he makes all kinds of uh, 3D printed uh, things for different devices, and uh, and the quality is really nice. This is not just like cheap, you know, knock, you know, low end 3D printing where it's all kind of janky. This is a a nice looking 3D printed. Fits very well. The fit and finish is very nice. And you can get it for all kinds of stuff. Oh, there is a, something for the Stream Deck. Okay. Uh, I need to uh, <laughs> not look too long at this. Maybe I put some of this on my Christmas list. But uh, a lot of it, there's a lot of Apple devices he does for, but he does for all kinds of devices too. Mm-hmm. Um, Thunderbolt stations, audio interface things. Um, you know, 
one of the things that happens a lot is you get, a, you know, with, with the computers these days, your desk gets, starts to get cluttered with more and more devices. And if you can clear it off and mount it underneath the desk, uh, that can be really nice. So um, check it out. Check out his Etsy shop. I'll link to the the Mac Studio mount, but uh, go ahead and, you know, click through to his Etsy shop. It's Trella 3D Prints and see what else he's got because uh, maybe uh, you find something else that uh, works for you there. So. I'm surprised you didn't go for the wall mount one so you can show it off. He's got one that will mount on a wall. I know. Well, mm. yeah, I could maybe put it ab- on the wall above my monitor. <laughs> oh, that would be kind of cool, actually. Uh, no, you, got me, <laughs> you got me thinking now. You got oh, me thinking. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like art. The Apple logo right in front of me. If the yep. Apple logo lit up on the top of the studio... It would totally be mounted on the wall right in front There's of me. There's probably a way to do it if you're willing to rip into it. <laughs> I'm not quite willing to do that just yet. But that will, <laughs> awesome. All right. So those are our picks of the week. We would uh, we'll, we'll finish the show up there. We would love to hear from you what you think of anything we talked about today, our gift ideas or our picks of the week with the headlines. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com. Uh, join our Discord, StarQuest at Discord at sqpn.com slash Discord. And just today, someone was saying it's the nicest place on the internet that they found. And I really, I'm really proud of that because mm-hmm. we have worked hard to make it a, a nice place to have a conversation. But it's also yep. a testament to our listeners who are really great and keep it a nice place. Yes. Uh, you can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. In fact, you'll find them at starquest.fm slash TEC190. You'll uh, follow Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at YouTube, our YouTube channel. We should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. We'd like to thank James for research assistance in this episode and Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. And in advance, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli. CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to keep producing the shows you love and to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. May God bless you this Advent and may you have a blessed Christmas season.